Hi, good evening, everyone. My name is LaToya Fernandez, and I'm the lead host of No Sleep, Vision, Purpose, and Advocacy, a show about millennials addressing misconceptions about our generation and answering any questions that people might have. I'm excited to be back on tonight after a couple of weeks off. I've just had a lot going on, um, but I am really, really excited to be back, and I just want to quickly shout out my team, Kylie, Micah, Malcolm, for holding the show down and just making it um, making it so amazing. And also want to shout out Victoria for coming on as a guest last week and just um, providing a lot of great resources and information for everyone. And just thank all the listeners and everyone that, that continues to, to make the show great. Um, so tonight we're actually going to be talking about millennials and the misconception, or maybe it's not a misconception, um, that millennials feel the need to strive for perfection. And we're going to dive a little deep into that and see and talk about if that that uh, strife for perfection is a personal thing, a personal vendetta, or if it's something that's attached to social media. And so just doing some research, I want to just kind of highlight a, a couple of things before we get fully into the conversation. Um, that there was actually a study that was done um, and it was, it was done between 1989 and 2016 to kind of measure how, the, how our generation was feeling about perfection and about success overall. And I'm just going to go over those results. So uh, the more recent students scored higher in all three forms of perfectionism, so these are the three categories. Um, the scores uh, between 1989 and 2016, the scores for socially prescribed perfectionism or perceiving the excessive expectations of others increased by 33%. Um, others or other oriented expectations, um, putting an unrealistic expectation on others went up by 16%. And self-oriented mm -hmm. perfectionism, which is our rational desire to be perfect, increased by 10%. And so that's just really interesting. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about my own perspective and my own experience with this before I pass it over to my co-host. Um, I do believe that millennials do have a strife for perfection. Um, and I think at times it can, be, it can be unrealistic and unhealthy as we have seen an increased amount of uh, diagnosed mental illness and, and anxiety um, and depression amongst millennials. And I think that's directly connected to that, uh, that pressure we place on ourselves to be perfect and be great. Now, I'm always going to attach race to this because my experience as a black woman is relative to, to everything that I do. And I know just for me as a child growing up um, in, in a society that um, has been taught to marginalize communities of color and also taught to marginalize women, um, that I've always been taught that there weren't a lot of seats at the table for minorities. And being what some might consider to be a double minority, um, I've always felt the need to have to be the best. And I think that I'm not alone in that um, as, as a black person or as a woman. Um, I've been told that I have to be the best. I've been told that I won't get opportunities if I'm not the best. Uh, what I've come to find throughout my years of experience and in my career is that that's simply not true. There have been a lot of times where I haven't necessarily been the best at something, but I've been able to get an opportunity because of the impression that I've been able to make on others and because of different things, different things, different skills that I've brought to the table. However, that doesn't erase 
my entire childhood and adolescence and young adult life um, where I thought that the only way to the top and the only way that I could be successful was if I beat everyone else. And that meant being perfect and being the best. That meant perfect test scores. That meant getting straight A's and being really upset when I got B's or got C's. And I think just like that perpetuation from um, my own community to be the smartest, best, perfect black girl at the table, because I will be representing an entire community. And so I think, you know, that definitely plays into it. But then to address the social media aspect of it, I think that a lot of, because social media started to have such a huge rise with our generation, I mean, Facebook was created while I was in college. And that's for some of us older millennials, because there are younger millennials who are in their early 20s, who when they came when they came onto the scene and got involved with social media, you know, it had already been something that was super normalized for them. You know, like I said, Facebook was created while I was in college. And so I think like that whole validation uh, being built around that is an issue. And I think that a lot of people in our generation do feel the need to portray themselves um, in a way where they do look like they are the best or that they are successful because of all of those eyes uh, that are watching. And, and there is a need to be accepted on these social media platforms. And I think that comes from feeling disconnected from our families and from the generations before us and feeling very misunderstood and feeling more connected to our generation. And, and, and with that deep connection, wanting to be validated and affirmed by our generation more than we even want to be validated by our own grandparents in a lot of ways. Um, so that's just kind of my perspective on it and my personal experience, but I would like to take the time to just open, um, open this conversation up for my co-host. <clears throat> What's going on, everybody? How y'all guys doing? Good. Um, so I think one of the things that uh, I've seen, um, I do think social media can really, social media in itself is um, can be impactful, but also but also can be damaging. Um, I know when I see on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or even um, mm-hmm. other social media websites, a lot of people. They 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 uh, have they put this image of a perfect life. You know, you see like traveling or you know you wish your significant other and everything is perfect. But you know those are just a front. You know it's it's like a it it it, it could create a terrible image because at the end of the day it's not what's happening. That's that's not what's happening in that moment. You know in that moment it can be something special, but then after that moment it could be just you know just terrible. You know, you're fighting every day or, you know, your relative is not, you know, going going good or anything, anything that's not in that moment. Um, so, and I do think that a lot of people, some people in our generation, they strive to be perfect because that's that's what social media is. Uh, how do I put this? <clears throat> it, it became that way, um, if that makes sense. So, uh I kind of lost my train of thought here. Um, a lot of people they they, they want to be perfect, but at the end of the day, they're not perfect. And I think I think that's what people really miss. You know, and it's like you can put this front up at the end of the day. You know, you're not. You don't have to be perfect, but it it it, it has become an issue. 
Um, I think that's something that really can be dealt with. You just really have to accept the truth, in my opinion. Right. Hey, just to follow up on what Michael and Toya have spoke on so far, so uh, real quick, I wanted to speak on uh, something that Toya said, that uh, as being a young uh, black female and how she has been sort of uh, taught to perform a certain way in order to uh, make others see see her as being able to do something right or doing something correct. She feels like she may have to do something uh, twice as better, you know, or just have her stuff together twice twice as better than the next person because, like, it's it's almost like a one shot and you gone type of thing. And I believe that is uh, how a lot of non-Europeans um, or, or, or colors will have to move about um, in, in this world because it is, they can easily be, targeted as doing something wrong, but very seldomly targeted as doing something the right way. It's all, it's almost like uh, that that bad light can be shined on them. And once that bad light is even shine, shown, then anything else that you've ever done or ever accomplished, all the good stuff is then just thrown out the window, you know. So it's like uh, to be a young African female or young African male and uh, to live in this society, you have to walk that a uh, uh, fine line of let me not do anything wrong because one mess up, you know, one mess, one mistake, and then everything that I've ever done is going to be frowned upon. You know, what I mean, it's not even going. It's going to be like I never even done it. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, I can definitely understand you there when it comes to that issue of social media. I think that people use those platforms or any other platform that they have, and they use it in either two ways. Either they're going to use it to be constructive with it or they're going to use it to be non-constructive with it, you know. And some of those individuals, that's the opportunity to create uh, like an alter ego. You know, they're creating this. This is the, the opportunity that Toy was describing where she, if she is able to um, – if she if she makes a mistake, you know, or or and the light is assuming the light is shined on her, and uh, the bad light, you know, that's affecting her personal life. So some people create these social media platforms so they can have that extra person, so they can do certain things that they know uh, under their uh, professional life or personal life that they they won't be able to do, you know, so. And in, in the end, it creates a situation where people are putting information on on their social media that is just not constructive. You know, it's like why who will create a page like that? You know, you know, but who knows what's going on? You know, in their in their world where they may not have this outlet to do something like that. You know, so uh, and I think it comes to being constructive and non-constructive in regards to the social media. I think right. you guys have had some really good points. I'm sorry. No, you can go ahead, Kyle. Um, I, oh, no, I thought someone said something. Um, oh, no, I, I was just I saying, think, right. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I know for me growing up, I was an only child, but I remember, you know, my family had put a lot of pressure on me um, to be a certain way. And I know a lot of it came from love, you know, and wanting me to do better and have better than, than they had, because I think that's what every generation wants. Um, but it created in me, I know, this sense of I felt like I had to have perfection. I remember one time I was in elementary school and I got an A minus in citizenship and I was crying because I thought my mom would be disappointed in me. <laughs> so my dad, he put a plus in it with a pen. So I guess mom, I had an A minus because she never knew. But um, I think as you get older, you know, now with the social media and everything, it's kind of kind of like what Malcolm was saying. You have this opportunity to kind of, I don't know if it's really an opportunity, but people have the ability to portray themselves however they want to be seen. Um, so if they're showing all the good things or if they buy something, they're kind of, it's kind of showboating what you have and whatnot. And it can be kind of detrimental in a way. Um, I think that we feel a lot of pressure in our generation to be a certain way and to look a certain way. I mean, in the past, we didn't have the ability to run a picture through 10 filters. Um, but people do that now because they probably feel like they have to because they have to look how they think everyone thinks that they need to look or impress certain people or be a certain way. So I think it definitely has a bearing over how we, how we live. And we know that what we post on social media is there forever. Um, so yeah, if you post I, I one wrong you. thing, yeah, yeah. you post one wrong thing and you. it can always come up. Yeah, yeah I, I actually I have a question you. for you guys. Um, do okay. you guys think that, do you guys think that social media is, uh, people are using social media to portray themselves a certain way um, because they do have goals that they want to reach and like they're using it to kind of push themselves to maybe get to a place that they're not at? Or do you think that people are using social media as an escape from their actual reality to mask what's really going on? I think, I think most people well. are using it as an escape because at the end of the day, people sometimes don't want to deal with reality. Um, it's kind of like a lot, it's kind of like people have um, the coping mechanisms, as you would call it. Lots of people, you know, play video games all day because it's a escape from the real world or what's happening around them. So they play video games all day, or it, it could be any, any other reason. Um, so yeah, I think I think the people use it as a coping mechanism to really escape the harsh reality that you know that that they deal with every day. Um, so people, like Kylie said, need to put on some filter to make it feel as though they're more prettier than the one next to them. Because again, you got pressure coming from people you think. You need to be at this level at this age or you need to um look you look this way because you're not not being in crowd or whatever the case may be. And so they, 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 they do that because they need to escape what's happening around them. So I think in my opinion they really use it as an escape to deal with everything that's happening around them. Yeah, right. I can I can agree I can agree that I don't know how many first of all, I don't know how many people are can give you an estimate how many people are doing um, one or the other, but I can say that it's both out there, you know, because one is, one is a constructive way, one is a non-constructive way. And I know people who use social media platforms and where they are 
advertising their business. Whether it's Instagram, they have a bunch of pictures up of what exactly it is they're doing in their business. And it's individuals who are using it just for uh, uh, to receive likes because they have the idea of uh, a perfect mm-hmm. picture. This idea has been implanted in their head by mm-hmm. what somebody has deemed is beautiful, you know. So um, uh, they've been influenced um, by uh, uh, media that has spoken to them and told them, like, what is what is cute, what is beautiful, you know. So they post the pictures up in 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 response, you know, to that uh, to, to that perfection, you know, and that's what they're striving for. So, you know, once they get a bunch of likes, you know, some, they must, that's confirmation that, oh, I must be um, um, moving, you know, in the right direction because I got, you know, these surplus of likes and everything. And mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be used for constructive um, reasoning or a non-constructive reasoning. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I like, I like, you know, what, what you're saying about how the different, how it can be used in the different ways. And um, what I think, what comes to mind for me is that, um, and I always tell people when they say, like, I've actually had female friends who said to me, like, I don't understand why this girl gets so many likes on Instagram. I don't understand why people like that when they know, you know, what that represents. And I think like, the grass is always greener. And I often find that like, you know, when you do feel the need to constantly put yourself out there for that validation, that doesn't necessarily mean that that person is happy and that, you know, and that that person is feeling fulfilled. And um, actually what's interesting is uh, I was doing some research and found that and some studies and some um, some surveys that have been given out to college students of our generation that the uh, average number of students seeking mental health treatment has surged about 30% in the past couple of years. And, like, I think that, that there's a direct correlation between that and, um, and social media because when I get into the nitty-gritty of it, it actually speaks directly to um, anxiety and depression. And so it's interesting because I, I even read a story about a young black woman who was an activist and it really shook me up because she reminded me a lot of myself. And so many people thought that she was so bubbly and so cheery and she helped so much and she did so much for so many people and no one could understand why she committed suicide. And like I, when I read her story, I could understand. I felt like, you know what, well, I know what it's like to reach my capacity to give so much to people, to feel the pressure to always be happy and support others and to be okay for everyone else, but then, but then to go home and not 100% feel like I love myself or like I'm valued and appreciated by all of these people in the places that I'm supporting. And so it's really interesting how you can, you know, portray yourself one way, but really be really be going home and suffering and dealing with some serious mental illness um, issues. Uh, so we do actually have to take a break for a commercial, but when we come back, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about, um, about what it means to portray ourselves um, to society one way and how we're really feeling and, and, and how we're really dealing as millennials and who do we really do it for? Um, and, and is social media taking away from, 
our missions and our visions in our lives. And we also, of course, want to open it up for the public to join the conversation. Um, and so our, our phone number is 917-889-8078. You can give us a call if you want to chime in on the conversation. Otherwise, we're going to jump back in um, after this short break. Thank you. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. People been saying to your friends, get a different face, and posting on their feed, they're super ugly. someone being bullied online you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council in 50 feet turn left why are you driving so slowly after a few drinks i'm taking it slow well you're not fooling the cop behind you what get ready to pay in point one miles Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we're... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. 
To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move is called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mom. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Bet he can't say that in reverse. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we hope that you'll continue uh, to, to dive into this conversation with us. Of course, if you want to call in and add to the conversation, we would love for you to at 917-889-8078. Um, and please ask questions, give us your input. So we're going to go ahead and continue right on with our conversation. I know when I was closing out, I was talking about how how millennials portray themselves, uh, portray ourselves on social media versus how we're really feeling and what's going on. And in this next part of the show, I want to talk a little bit more about um, who we do it for and what we're all using our social media platforms for and how do we view our own personal progress in our journeys. And, and when I say us, I actually want to open the floor up for the co-hosts on because being on this radio show and, and, providing a platform for millennials, in a sense, we are also the voice for our generation. And so I know that some of the things that we, we're going to say, you know, a lot, a lot of people in our generation and maybe some that aren't can relate to. So for me, I use my social media um, as a platform to, to share encouragement, to, to, for, to push social justice, to um, spread awareness about things and also share progress um, in my life because I think it is important for people to, to see the resiliency um, and to be encouraged and inspired by it. I believe that when you actively use social media, you will have a responsibility. And I believe that my responsibility is to share and spread truth with those that are coming up under me and those that are also walking right alongside me. Um, so I even talk about my marriage um, with, with my husband. Sometimes I've posted and talked about how 
things are really hard. This isn't a picture perfect relationship, but you know, it does take hard work and it takes prayer and it takes sacrifice. I think it's important to share with people um, the truth about what's really happening. If you are going to share personal things about your life. And so I know that while it's important for people to see positive things that are happening, I also do believe that it's important for people to see and understand when you are hurting because it because it's important for people to see you be humanized and, and so that they do feel connection because a lot of that depression and anxiety and those suicidal thoughts come from feeling alone and feeling isolated. So I use my social media as um as as with great responsibility to share and encourage folks in my generation um, to continue to press on and be resilient during the tough times. And and of course, I like to open it up to have some really controversial conversations too, because I believe in the power of different voices at the table um, to make the changes that are necessary. And I'll open it up Mm -hmm. for whoever else wants to speak on it. Yeah, I'll take the next uh, um, opportunity to speak. What I think... um, as far as what you were saying, uh, how you use your social media platform to um, speak on things that you cherish, like your like your relationship or, or with with your family and everything, I don't even think uh, students now even consider that stuff. Like it's like it's almost like, and I had to, I had a conversation with a group of middle school males this year about branding themselves and being careful what they thought does not even cross their mind. They instantly, they're looking for like instant gratification, like those instant likes is almost like a high for them, you know, where if they will get the likes, then they'll do it. You know, all these different challenges or uh, creating a a quick video, you know, just doing some foolish, you know, even if it's unconstructive, you know, it's not... it's not about uh, if the information is, you know, positive. They will do it positive if it gets the likes. But most of the time, there's something that's just, you know, out of character, you know, that they shouldn't be doing. But it uh, gets the, that uh, instant attention and satisfaction from likes that they want. Yeah. Um, me personally, uh, I usually use my, my social media just to um, – Kind of just, I guess, ask or I don't say state my well. I used to state my opinions a lot. Um, now I try to really just a lot of just question things that um, that we see on a day to day basis. You know, a lot of a uh, you know relationship issues or uh, racial. You know, I, I try to really engage in conversations with people uh, of my. I guess political background, or even just people who aren't. Because um, again, again, I know we stress it, say this a lot. At the end of the day, you know, in order for us to really like come together as a people, regardless of um, background, you know, when you talk to people, you really see, okay, well, I look, I, I didn't look at this that way. So maybe this, blah, 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 blah. You know, so I usually try to just, I guess, spread my awareness and certain and certain um, issues or ideas. That we see on a day to day basis. Yeah, so I, that's usually how I use my um, social media. I know for me, um, I don't post on social media a whole lot. I I guess I have a little bit lately, but 
normally I just kind of browse around and look. But generally if I do share something or post it to Facebook, it's normally something kind of uplifting or something kind of happy. I feel like, especially on Facebook, when I'm going through my timeline and stuff, I see a lot of, you know, negative things, people arguing and going back and forth and people having hardships and whatnot. So I try to share things that might make people laugh or smile. Um, My personal Facebook, sometimes I post, you know, when I, I like to travel and do things like that. And I mostly do that because of some of the groups I'm in on Facebook. I've met up with people in the same groups that I don't know. But if we're in the same place at the same time, we generally meet up. And I, it's good for me and I enjoy it because I get to meet people from different places with different backgrounds. And you can kind of build relationships and stuff off of that. So that's kind of what I use mine for. Okay, nice. So we're going to go ahead and kind of move into the next part of the conversation um, and talk about our own perspective of our own personal journeys and and battle or not battle with perfection. Well, I'll talk a little bit uh, first about that. So uh, I'm 30 years old um, and I work in education. And as I've expressed a few times, uh, I do that. I run a nonprofit. Um, I am the commission, a neighborhood commissioner in my city. Uh, and I, I do feel like I have a, quite a bit of accomplishments. Um, however, I'm not going to lie. I do have moments where I feel like that. I should have been further than I am right now. I should have done more. There are certain mistakes I shouldn't have made. I should have stayed, you know, when I, after I got my bachelor's degree, I should have stayed in school and got my master's right after. And I would have already had my PhD by now. And like, I should, you know, I put myself behind. I could have already been running for Congress by now and feeling like I'm what I've already done isn't good enough. And when I was a small child, um, a prophet came to a church that I was attending and said that they saw me standing over a multitude of people. And that was going to be my destiny. I'd be over a multitude of people inspiring a nation. And I held myself to that standard. And I kept feeling like, why haven't I become MLK yet? Why haven't I become Malcolm X, Malcolm X yet? Why, why haven't I led my generation of greatness yet? And, and when I have those moments, I have to constantly remind myself that when this prophet said they saw me over a multitude of people, maybe it didn't mean a multitude of a bunch of people at the same time. Because I have to remind myself that over the past 10 years, I've taught, inspired, influenced, thousands of children and educators and everywhere I go, I try to be a positive light. If I'm in a room with 10 people, 20 people, 50, a hundred, five people, I always walk away from that situation knowing that I've inspired someone, encouraged someone and uplifted someone. And so I realized that I have to continuously reshape my own mindset around what it means for me to be a leader and a voice for my generation and stop thinking that, if I'm not in on a podium in front of millions of people that I'm not successful and that I'm not making and I'm not making a difference. I've had to kind of really push myself to understand that I am making a difference in the lives that are around me and that touching one person could, could mean touching thousands because of the work that they're going to do when they go out into the world. And so that's been my battle is really just like, I don't have to kill myself and push past my capacity to fulfill something 
some some kind of superficial role of like I've got to be standing over everyone and that's the only way I can be successful. I'm learning that if I just have a positive interaction with one person that I have accomplished something great. And so I'm constantly pushing myself to be at peace with that and be grounded in that. I think you have a really good point with that. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh... Well, I was just saying that um, I kind of went through that same phase, too. I'm 30 as well, and so I've had kind of time to reflect on past decisions I've made, and I look at, you know, my life now, and I think, oh, I should be doing more. I should be doing this. I could have done that. Why, you know, and I, I wonder how could I have done better, and should I have done better, and I've come recently to realize that the path that I took in life and what I'm doing right now, it's not necessarily something that is fulfilling for me. And so in my job, I work in accounting. And so I'm looking at new ways to where I can actually make a difference and not necessarily focus on making, you know, my company millions of dollars, but how I can use my skill set to help other people that need it. You know, we have countries and, and people that don't have power and things that we look at as just normal things that we're blessed to have. And we just think, Oh, we're just turning on the lights, you know, and there's people that aren't able to do that. So I've been kind of trying to focus my energy on projects where, you know, I can use skills to actually help people. Do y'all find yourselves, uh, well, is there a standard that you all uh, strive to work towards? I, I hear y'all saying that. Um, oh, sorry, Malcolm. Can you yeah, turn your volume up? We can't like, hear you. So, is there like a a uh, some type of standard that society has set that got you all thinking in this way that um, because I'm 30, you know, and uh, being at this point in my life, you know, by this age, but I'm not. And if it is a standard, if it is a standard, what is that standard? Where and where do you think it came from? Um, sorry, Malcolm, it was kind of hard. Your volume is was is going keep kept going down, up and down. Could you repeat that? What about all right? So I was asking about um, a standard, and and I was saying, is there a standard that each of you have um, noticed that uh, you're trying to live up to, or because I've he- I heard each of you say that you know at this point in your life, you know you have to you have to look at look at your situation and say, wow, I could be here at this point. I could have been here if I would have did this, and I'm saying. Uh, if it is a standard that um, you two ha- are uh, noticing that you're comparing your life to, what is it and where do you think it came from? I I think for me the standards came from um, those ahead of ahead of me that paved the way for me. I have such deep gratitude for those that paved the way for me to be able to have equal mm-hmm. rights to get an equal education to be able to use my voice, to to be able to be a free black woman. Um, And because of that reverence and that gratitude I have, I feel a sense of responsibility and duty to continue to pass that torch. And so for me, 
it's Malcolm X, it's Martin Luther King, it's Cesar Chavez, right. it's Emilio Donald Zapata. And so I, I know that's a really high standard, but that is what I, that that is the standard for me in terms of when I go to my grave, how I want to be remembered, the legacy that I want to leave behind. I want to make sure that when I die, the work that I did will live on in a way that will change our society and make it better. And so I would say for me, that's kind of what it is. And, and those standards have always been there for me, those people, you know what I mean? Right. What about, yeah, for me, I think. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> We yeah, keep doing I was, this. Okay, I, okay, okay. I want to hear, I want to hear your, your, your uh, follow up though. But I was going to ask, what I was going to ask is, uh, do you do you all feel that uh, a sense of urgency to make sure you're successful while you're quote unquote young? You know, when most people they want to want to achieve this success between like. They teenage years and they twenties. Once you get to thirty, is like you old. You know, it's not going to be that much relevant now. You know, so you want to. They want to try to do whatever it is that they're successful in. You know, within that uh, time frame, is it the same? Do y'all do y'all feel the same? Mm, that's a I really do. good question. Um, to, that's a really good question to leave us off on because we need to take a couple minute break. So we're gonna take a couple minutes and think about our answers to that question, and when we come back, we'll answer it. I think that's a great something great for us to sit on. Feel free to call in if you want to chime in on the conversation nine one seven eight eight nine eight zero seven eight. And when we come back, we're gonna be answering Malcolm's question and closing out. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me, whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor's middle school? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Homewalk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, good. Finding best potatoes for French fries. No! Russet, fingerling, Yukon oh, gold. Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by Understood.org and the Ad Council. 
The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the last few minutes of the show. We're going to close out, and I think a great way to close out is answering Malcolm's question around. Do we feel like there is an age limit on us reaching this level of perfection, reaching these standards, um, and and why is that? And so, Kylie, I'm going to let you uh, lead with that one. Okay. Uh, I don't don't necessarily think that there's a standard for everyone, but I know for me and my experience, getting older really snuck up on me Uh, in my 20s. You know, you kind of have this feeling that you have all the time in the world, and you're really just kind of trying to find your way and what's important to you. Um, but when you hit 30, this sense of realness really kicked in. And especially for me, um, you start to realize that you need to start getting things in order for your future, what you really, what your path really is. Um, you know, funding your IRA, you're thinking about retirement and getting old. Um, but in your 20s, you know, you're kind of still in that place where you're trying to find yourself and figure everything out. Um, But now that I am older, you kind of worry about your legacy and what's important to you and what you want to leave for your children. I know when I was in my 20s and going to college, um, I grew up in a household where we, we didn't have a lot of money, but my parents did, you know, I didn't know we were poor. But I always knew that money was important to me, and I wanted to make money, wanted to make money, wanted to make money. And so I chose a career path that I thought would give me money. <laughs> but now that I'm in my 30s, I'm kind of, or actually I am 30, I'm at this place where, you know, I want to I do something that's more fulfilling for me and something, you know, where I feel like I'm actually making a difference. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of right. how it affected me. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Micah. Um, I know for me, um, I know since I'm 20 years old, um, I see a lot of people my age, um, you know, they, some of them are, have successful businesses, you know, they have their own apartment or house, 
um, by the age of 19, 20, even 21. And I'm, and I'm still in college, and I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm struggling just to even navigate on the adult world. How in the world do you guys have a house and a car at 19, 20 years old? And that puts a lot of pressure on me because it's kind of like, well, I have to live up to that expectation. I have to have this at 19 and 20. And I think, it's, it's like, just in, just in society in general, you know, we've always been taught that your 20s, like your, you know, like 19, 20 to, like, mid-20s, you're, like, living your life or whatever. In my 25, 30, you know, you're supposed to get your life together, have a house, maybe have maybe have the kids here and there, and then by, thir- like, 30s or 40s, you should be working to your career, and then 40s and 50s, you retire, you retire from your job or whatever. And so just for me as a young black male, you know, living, seeing kids my age have house and cars just provide a pressure on me. And I think that kind of makes me realize that, well, I'm not perfect. You know, I have I have a lot of ways to go just to even get to that uh, to that, that place. Um, okay. and, and, and even though I'll be an officer in the Army, when I graduate, I have a lot more money to some, some will. But it still puts a lot of pressure on me because I have to I have to have a house. Mm-hmm. By like nineteen, twenty years old, and you know, I, sometimes I feel the pressure, but I had to realize again, I'm not perfect. You know, I, I have right. I have ways to go to even think about that. Yep, exactly, and 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 I totally agree with you. I think I've decided that too. Like I don't have to be perfect, but as long as I wake up every day and I go to sleep every day and know that what I did mattered, that I made a change, that I did something positive, that I made you know that I made an imprint, and and that I'm raising my daughter with integrity. And, and strong morals and values, I think that that means anything. And I've learned, you know, that money isn't everything. And and in our closing, I just want to say this to all millennials out there that, you know, I know that there is a lot of pressure on us and there are a lot of things that we feel like we need to do to be successful, but always remember self-preservation. Do what you have to do to take care of yourself mentally and physically and spiritually, because if you don't do those things, you can't help anyone. You can't be successful in anything. And so remember to, to be, it's okay for you to be a little selfish and take care of yourself. And when it comes down to social media, um, I, I don't have any, you know, crazy judgments about it, but I think we can all agree on the fact that you should use it responsibly and and with intention because those younger generations are looking up to us and if we're uh super into seeking validation they're going to as well so make sure that we're carrying our truth um with responsibility and that we're doing the best we can to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others i want to thank everyone for joining us tonight we look forward to um having a conversation with you again next week and next week we'll have a whole uh, another guest calling in and it's going to be really exciting um and thank you so much good night peace everybody